Hi, everyone. This is David Cohen, and I'm here with my amazing co-host, Brad Feld. Hey, Brad. And this is the Give First podcast. In the startup world, Give First means simply trying to help anyone, especially entrepreneurs, without any expectation of getting anything back. So we'll be talking to mentors and founders about what Give First looks like in action and how it makes great entrepreneurship possible. Here's what the lawyers make me say. Brad and I are having personal discussions, and these are our personal opinions that are represented here. Uh, they don't represent the opinion of Techstars or the Foundry Group or any other group. Uh, our conversations are just for informational and learning purposes, including any mentions of securities or funds. Certain of our own funds may own these securities, but please know we're not giving any legal, business, investment, or tax advice. And anything on the podcast is not intended to be used by any investor to make investment decisions. Our guest today is Paul Berberian. Paul is currently the CEO at Sphero. Paul, we wanted to welcome you to the show and see if you'd tell us a little bit about your origin story and your background. Yeah, you bet. Thanks for thanks for having me. So I grew up in uh, Los Angeles, California, Pasadena, California, and my father was uh, an immigrant to the United States. He came from uh, Beirut, Lebanon. He spoke English as his sixth language. And he was the you know typical American you know rags to riches story, uh, hardworking, had a bunch of little businesses, and I grew up in those little businesses. He wasn't into uh, American sports; he didn't know what football or baseball was. I would work in all of his little companies. So we made liniments for professional racehorses. We sold used pinball machines. We had a diner. We made uh, hand lotion for. Uh, emergency medical kits, and we made, most importantly, the stuff that numbs your gum before they stick in the needle for the Novocaine for dentists. That's important. Uh, it's important. Uh, so a bunch of really cool businesses, and I was always fascinated with them, but my father hated sales and marketing. He would buy the businesses uh, and run them until they stopped running, but he would always buy one with the building and use the cash flow to pay for the mortgage. And at the end of several decades of doing that, we had a bunch of little buildings around Southern California. And that's how he made his wealth. But I was always fascinated with the businesses and I wanted to market them and build them up and innovate. And so uh, I did a brief stint in the Air Force. I went to the Air Force Academy and I got out and I went right into doing what my father wouldn't let me do uh, when I was working in those businesses as a, as a teenager. And I've had a series of uh, startups. Um, some were bootstrapped. Um, one my father uh, helped me buy right out of the Air Force, which, of course, had a building. And uh, it was making plastic badges like, hello, my name is Paul. Welcome to uh, uh, the supermarket. That's a, that's a shitty business. Hopefully they didn't all say Paul. No, no, no. If they did, that would have been, I would have been a really bad uh, badge maker. Didn't make a lot of money there, but I... Um, I basically gave it away to my cousin, and then I started another company called Link VTC, which is in video conferencing, and that was a bootstrap business, and we grew it from nothing and sold it within two years. Uh, and it was essentially like the modern-day video conferencing services of Blue Jeans, except it was back in the 90s, uh, early 90s. And then I did another company called uh, Raindance Communications, which ultimately went public. Brad was our first investor. And uh, we went public right after the dot-com crash of 2000. Absolutely a horrific experience, but uh, we managed through it. And um, that company ultimately sold in 2006. Uh, I started another company in 2005. It was a roll-up in the mystery shopping space. Uh, started it and then uh, basically became a board member and my partner became CEO. And that company sold uh, a couple years ago. 
then had a couple of failures back to back. Um, one was in the child novelty business, kind of like a lava lamp meets photo sharing meets a Yeti on Mount Everest. Uh, sounds like a bad sounds idea. Sounds like something that should fail. It <laughs> failed. But nowhere near the weirdest description of a startup I've ever heard. Yeah. So, uh, so that one failed. And then I did a solar panel company because I had to do something serious and I couldn't raise a dime after 100 meetings. And then I ended up at Sphero, uh, which I came to by way of Techstars. All right. You're going to be excited. Paul, tell us a little bit about Sphero. Sphero makes uh, robotic products, and we really focus on getting kids interested in coding through STEM and STEAM-based education. So we sell to schools around the world. We're the number one robot used in classrooms, K through A, to teach kids uh, not only how to code, but how to apply code in their lives to make something awesome happen. So whether they're learning a new math lesson or they're trying to do something in the art class, they can use our robots to bring those lessons to life. Well, we met in uh, 1996, shortly after I moved here, uh, when you were still running Link VTC before it was acquired. Um, and, you know, 10 or so years later, uh, we started Techstars, and you got involved in Techstars. Uh, talk about what you remember about the beginning of Techstars and what your involvement in Techstars has been since then. So I have a very specific memory around uh the starting of Techstars. I remember I got an introduction, I believe, from you. Like, hey, you should meet with uh, David Cohen. He's doing this interesting um, accelerator program. And I go, is that like all the incubators that didn't work? He goes, well, he's got a different approach. You should talk to him. And we met at Panera. It was a nice spring day, and you said, I'm raising money, and I have this idea to be um, to start this accelerator program that's driven by mentors. Uh, and you asked me to invest, and I like. I said, no, I don't, I don't have any money to invest, but I'd be happy to be a mentor. And you said, well, that's great. That's fantastic. Uh, I just showed up at the first meeting because um, you seemed like a nice guy, and um, it seemed like a cool program. And uh, you know, one thing led to another, and uh, it was actually pretty addictive to be part of that experience. So I played the big-ass, small-ass trick on, on Paul. because yeah, you didn't need any You don't get the money. But then you feel obligated to give something else, like yeah. mentorship. And yeah, that, unfortunately, it was maybe fun for you. So, it, it, no, it was re- it was really fun. Yeah. It was really fun. So the show uh, get first. We like to talk about experiences of mentorship because we feel mm-hmm. like a lot of people um, really get that give first experience through mentorship. Either something they've learned from someone or a way that they've been able to help someone else. I'm curious if you can think about uh, maybe the biggest lesson that that you've learned about being a mentor and trying to help someone else. So I have I have two kind of really big um, things that click in my mind when it comes to being um, a mentor. The first is uh, it it really doesn't take a lot of energy, right? So um, I don't mean that as if it's trivial. It just means it's it's actually pretty easy to be a mentor and to have a positive impact on someone's life. Um, it's just being honest and, you know, to listen and to uh, share your experiences that hopefully someone can benefit from that. Um, and the reason why I share that is I've had people come back to me and say, hey, you know, you talked to me three years ago and you said something and it was impactful. And I go, I don't, I don't know who you are. Are you sure it was me who talked to you? He goes, yeah, we met at this place. And they have to go through this really long process to describe where we met. And then finally my memory will kind of dig in and and it's um it's amazing how something so simple and so small could have an impact on someone's life and the second thing i I reflect on about mentorship is 
there are often times where I'm mentoring a young startup and they're and I'm struggling in my own business with some challenging things and they're doing something that just doesn't jive with me and they're having success and they don't realize like while they're talking about something they're doing and they're talking to me as a mentor I'm like secretly taking note like oh my gosh look what they're able to do with you know you know two matchsticks and a and a piece of bubble gum and you know we're going to spend you know a hundred thousand dollars trying to do something that won't be nearly as effective and so I've I've um I've had you know numerous experiences like that where the scrappy nature of a startup uh, you, you kind of lose touch with as you build a business. And sometimes it's great to have that touchstone and see what young people are doing. Um, so I get I get a lot out of it. It's, it's funny. I hear that a lot, that, that I'm, I'm trying to help someone, but actually it's a way for me to learn. And so you're sort of already getting back from just trying to be helpful in, in that way. One of, one of the most powerful experiences of my own life was the recognition that as a mentor, the really great mentor-mentee relationships were ones where as a mentor, I learned as much from the mentee as the mentee learned from me. And that's what you're describing is yeah. that, that, you know, people say, well, why should I bother mentoring? And the answer is, if you do a good job, you're actually going to learn a lot more. Yeah. And so there is some element of it that's very powerful from that direction. Paul, think back in, in your career as far back as you can remember, maybe something early on where uh, a specific example where maybe someone gave you some advice and it really changed a lot for you. Um, Is there something that someone shared with you that changed how you think about business early on? I've been um, reflecting on this uh, because I knew I was coming here today, and and, and Jim knows this individual, Jack Tankersley. Jack Tankersley was one of the early Colorado legend venture capitalists, uh, and he still is. He's still an active venture capitalist. And he, when we first moved to Colorado back in 1994, and then we ultimately were... approach to sell our company in 1995, we met Jack Tankersley and his partner Steve Halstead at Centennial Funds. And we were faced with potentially selling our company or taking money from them. And, you know, Jack, you know, could have been very selfish at that moment saying, you know, let's put some money into your business. Let's grow, build something big. And he um, approached it from a different perspective. He didn't approach it from a business perspective. He he had a dialogue with me and with my with my partners um, in just kind of a very personal way. So it's like, you're married? Do you have a mortgage? Do you have any debt? You find out we all have young kids. We all are saddled with an incredible amount of debt, you know, because we put all our hearts and souls and our credit cards into the business. And you know, he basically said, you guys are smart. You're going to do this many times in your life. And come see me after you sell your company and put some money in the bank because you're going to be a much better entrepreneur after your first, you know, exit and your success. And, that, you know, that may not sound like, um, you know, a terrible, like, oh, that's an amazing piece of advice. But it was a very profound piece of advice at that time because I never thought of myself of doing this multiple times. And here's someone who says, I'll be there the next time. And it, it made me think about my career. You know, I was 28, 29 at the time. It made me think about my career as the beginning of a, a, an arc, right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be doing a lot of different things in my life. And it's okay to let go at this time of something that was my baby. And it's okay to think about, think about the next thing. Um, I think many first-time entrepreneurs, because that was really the first real business I had. You know, the badge business, was that was easy to let go because... 
as badges. But um, we don't need any stinking badges. We don't need them. Uh, I don't know. I hope a lot of your uh, guest uh, listeners will get that I'm joke. I'm sure. Yeah. They always get my humor. Yeah. We, we all it's like sure 100% of the time. 100%. But you you become attached to something, and it's it's okay to kind of move on. Right? But there's also that relationship piece, right, where he was saying, you know, I'll be there too, right? Yeah, and, and exactly. Yeah, and, of- and that was it was it was really powerful. And you know, he was he was an investor in our next round, and there were a couple of pivotal times uh, over the course of. Uh, our next business, which became Rain Dance, where he was there again offering sage advice. Um, so he had a big impact on shaping me as an entrepreneur, and um, he probably doesn't know that. We will make sure he hears this. Yeah, we'll speak to him relentlessly. But, but yes. Jack, Jack is somebody who I also consider a, a key mentor of mine uh, and was somebody I met very early in my own personal journey as an investor. And uh, I learned an enormous amount from him in the first, you know, three, four, five years of my own investing, both with investments that we did together, but in just talking to him and getting feedback from him and listening to him. And he's a great example of somebody who is very invested in the relationship and less focused on optimizing for the transaction. Yeah, he really is just a, you know, you know, all about the people. So you've had tons of ups and downs uh, in your uh, career and lots of fascinating things you've been involved in. Reflect on and talk about one of the amazing experiences, positive experiences that you've had, something that really just sort of sticks in your mind as a magical moment. I, I guess I'll reflect on one that's pretty recent. Um, people may know of it. Um, we were involved with the Techstars program with the Walt Disney Company. Uh, it was a partnership uh, back in uh, 2014 and 15, And we were partnered up with um, mentors, you know, from the executives from the Walt Disney Company, and one of them was um, Bob Iger, who met with all of the teams. And so, I remember meeting with Bob Iger. You know, we had, each had eleven minutes with him, and in those eleven minutes, he you know shows up, and you know, there's, there's this new movie um, coming out called Star Wars, right? And it, it hadn't been out, and you know, a new movie from Star Wars hadn't been around for over ten years. And so he sits down and he um, says, "Hey, I know everything about you guys." Uh, we got a short amount of time, but let me show you something. And he pulls out his iPhone, and he shows us this new character uh, that looks uh, a lot like the product we were building at the time, which was a robot ball. And uh, he says, uh, can, you, can you guys make this into you know, a toy? And, of course, we said, yeah, of course we can do that. Um, and that's the, the kind of the origin story behind BB-8. But the, uh, and then we went on to make BB-8, and... Uh, Star Wars is a, a big, successful movie, and we were the number one toy in the world. But there was a moment in time, a very specific moment in time, where there was an event in New York City at the Disney store where uh, people were uh, lining upside, outside the store at midnight to go buy BB-8 when it first came on sale. And the line went around the block, and I'm there you know, to kind of, I guess, be the CEO and announce it. And I literally was swarmed in Times Square. You know, I felt like a rock star at that mm-hmm. moment time i realized it was like ah, this is probably just a very brief moment in time it's not going to be here forever um but at that moment in time i was um it was a pretty special moment um you know but that that was a that was a fantastic moment maybe they advertised it as bob Iger was going to be there i think they maybe no i don't know i think it was bb8 right it was uh there was a lot of folks dressed up as stormtroopers and darth vader and uh star wars people are crazy though i mean they show up they are they are but that was a pretty magical time Pretty awesome story. The podcast is Give First. In a nutshell, what does Give First mean to you in action? Um, well, very specifically, I I pretty much always kind of respond when someone reaches out 
you know, with a genuine request. It's like, hey, can you give me some advice? But at a more philosophical level, I truly believe, uh, and maybe I got this from my father, I truly believe that um, I have a very fortunate life, not because of all the wonderful things I have done. I have a fortunate life because of all the wonderful things that, you know, thousands of people have done before me, and uh, I'm kind of riding on top of their shoulders. And very specifically, you know, all the the hard work that my family did to come over to the United States and create a life for us um, in this country. It's really important to be there for those that, that you know, could use a little bit of help. And it's not about, you know, you know giving gobs of money. It's more about uh, just cheering people on and, and sharing your experiences so hopefully they can, uh, they can make uh, wiser decisions for their lives. It's, it's really interesting to hear you talk about it sort of in almost a generational way. Yeah. Like you feel like the environment... I think it is generational. I don't think it's, um, you know, it, it can be generational from one Techstars class to the next, which is only like, you know, every five minutes because there's so many Techstars classes. But, uh, but it could be, you know, you know, father to son to, you know, uh, my child. But I, I always think there's this, there's this cycle... In business, there's this cycle in schooling. There's this cycle in life that, you know, I help the grads from my, you know, from my school, or you know, my daughter's helping, you know, kids who came from her high school who are thinking about moving to Los Angeles, and she will, you know, always say, "Crash at my place. Uh, you're from my high school." Um, so I think there's, I think that's just part of who we are, right? We we kind of look at our lives as like, oh, I've accomplished this. Anyone who's doing what I did, I should help them move forward. Let's shift into a, a quick fire round and do some questions with each question, just a sentence or two quick answer about. Ready? We, we love Harry Stebbings. We love his show, Twenty Minute BC. Totally ripping this off. We like to say that every time because it's it's fun to do. But just rapid fire. Yeah, no, I, I did one of his shows <coughs> one way back when. All right, the favorite book that you've read in the last year? I uh, read, it was an audio book, and I just finished it. It was called Power Moves by Adam Grant, uh, where he is interviewing people at Davos uh, talking about power. And the section where he interviews women leaders is absolutely powerful. And I'm going to go on for 13 seconds more because the, one of the most powerful things out of that book was the women leader said their success was because a man decided to mentor them um, so that they could kind of, you know, elevate their career. And it, it, it could be another woman, too. But the fact is that if we want to see women in more powerful positions, we have to commit to mentorship um, so that they can be successful. We can't just only go out to lunch with the guys. Uh, the favorite charity that you've supported in the past and why? So the, my favorite charity uh, uh, is the Community Foundation. You know, and the Community Foundation uh, allows you to kind of give once at a large amount and then then give to a bunch of smaller entities over time. A new startup maybe people should check out that you've heard about recently. Uh, I mentored Goalie in the most recent Techstars class, and I think what they're doing to help kids stay focused and get their lives in order is awesome. Uh, a city that everybody listening has to visit. Hong Kong. Die. Hong Kong. Awesome. Paul, thanks so much for being on the show with us today. We appreciate it. Thank you. You can always learn more about what's going on here at Techstars by checking out techstars.com on the web or find us at Techstars on Twitter or your favorite social. And don't forget to give first. <laughs>